Hey everybody, welcome. Welcome. I'm Lynn. I'm Mark. I'm Vicki. And we are Telling on Ourselves. I just had the instant pressure of being the one to start and I'm like, uh, freeze. Freeze frame. <laughs> what do I say? What do I say? <laughs> it was no false start. I think we did all right. Yeah. I we think had like nine starts. What are you talking about? I know. About? We like. <laughs> okay, yeah. sorry. Our, te- our testing one, two, three. Oh my gosh. I'm sitting here. I shouldn't be sitting here because I'm looking at my dirty dishes in Don't the sink. Don't do it. Don't oh. do it. No. Talk about shame. Shame. <laughs> Talk about trauma. Dirty. Hey, wait. That's our topic today. Oh. It's the word that rhymes with drama. Yeah, because trauma causes drama it or drama does. causes trauma. So are we talking about Bananarama? Yeah, they were a good band. Okay. What was Weren't that? they all girls? Cool. Yeah, cool. 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 Cool summer. The cool summer. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And they were all blonde. Yeah, original Karate Kid soundtrack. Oh, side yeah. Note. Good job. Good Ralph Maggio still looks the same, FYI. Oh, no. no. <laughs> he does not. Not even close. <laughs> His face looks he, like sucked in. He did for a long time, I thought. I mean, he's aged pretty well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. he does not look the same. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be clear. <laughs> Ralph, I think you do. If you're listening, yeah. I think you still look the same. In my heart, you look the same. Hey, I still have the biggest crush on him. Well, yeah. I mean, how can you not? Mm-hmm. He's a t- he's timeless. I always wanted to go, you know, that scene where they went to the uh, like carnival Beach. thing okay. or wherever when yeah, they went they, on that date. Yeah, went to the amusement park, yeah, which yeah. was a miniature golf course in Monrovia. Come on. Oh, you've yeah. actually been there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I forgot he's a California I know, boy. I forget how cool he is. Yeah. Cool. Well, well, he's so cool, he has first thought wrong. I know. Yes, Let's hear I it, mate. All right. So I'm on my way in here this uh, beautiful afternoon to the studios, the Telling on Ourselves studios. And there's this process to get into the studios, and pretty much we only know that, that there's, you know, we don't have a doorman, uh, but we do Not have... Yet. Right, but we do have, like, a security measure to get into the building. Because it's a very dangerous neighborhood. Right, absolutely, and we've got to protect all this expensive equipment we don't know how to use. And so <laughs> um, I'm, I'm coming up to the door, and I go, oh, okay, here we go. Um, my last few experiences have consisted of me pressing a buzzer, and feeling rejected. And then meditating, right? Like, <laughs> like no joke. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but, like, usually you materialize. And so I walk up, and I'm like, I, I thought to myself, maybe I'll do something differently this time, right? I feel like I've tried different ways. I'm going to try a different way. And so I go to text, and I go, well, well, press the button and then text, right? So I press the buzzer. Instant thought was, you didn't press it long enough. Okay, so now I, I sidetracked myself from the plan I had just made, which was to text coinciding with the pressing the buzzer. Now I'm arguing with myself. You pressed it long. I mean, how long would that need to be? Then the other thought comes in, is it one of those ones I should have been talking into the whole time? So then the thought comes to me. This is third thought wrong. Thought comes to me, press the button and talk. As I do it, I go, you didn't do it long enough again. <laughs> I'm not joking, right? So, I, I, There's I, so much that goes right, with so this. So much, right? And this is in, you know, this is in 25 seconds. Less. Yeah. And, uh, and then I go, okay, 
um, I'm going to press it for a long time, not too long, because I don't want to be rude, right? But I, I oh, get that? Yeah. Okay, that was pretty cool. Um, I don't want to be Garrett either. Uh, so I, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right. I, I pressed the button, and, and I thought to myself, okay, and now we wait. How now, long did you have to wait? I mean, it felt like, I don't know, forever. <laughs> <laughs> Right, but it wasn't, um, but it was just, I don't know, it's funny. So this is actually, that's not the first thought wrong, amazingly Ooh. enough. The thought was, I was reminded of an old feeling I used to have, and maybe you can relate, maybe you can't, but I remember going to a person's house or place to hang out, whatever that means to you. Now, what age were you in Right, this? every age, okay. right? Like, okay. I, I probably 10, 11 to 29, okay? Okay. And I remember if there was a buzzer or there was a, uh, other than even a knock on the door, okay, and where that time in between the second I made myself, you know, uh, known, vulnerable, whether they knew I was or not, that time frame, this is what went through my head. What are they doing in there? <laughs> what are they doing without me? Right? Are they doing it all? Like, I like, and this is like, right? Like, I'm like, and this took me back to like, especially my drug years, which was like, oh, they're like, they're they're literally doing everything they can before I get up there so that they can't share with me. So you walk in mad. It's 11 11 right now. Oh, I love that. So, so the idea, right, is that like, I I got reminded of an old idea. I didn't have it for this one because I'm like, probably setting up. Um, but it just reminded me of like one of my old first thought wrongs, which was no matter any amount of time I was waiting, it was about like either punishing me, leaving me out or mm-hmm. me feeling less than, you mm-hmm. know, and that like 24 seconds was like 24 hours. You know? mm-hmm. right. Wow. Yeah. Can I give you the backstory on that one. now? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so I heard the door buzz. We were back in Vicky's bedroom she was getting ready and I was sitting on the bed talking to her and I heard the door buzz and she's talking and I said wait a minute I think that's Mark so and she still she doesn't even like stop talking so I'm running down the hallway because you had your head in the closet and as I'm running down the hallway I'm like just hold on a minute I think it's Mark so I'm running yeah because I don't want you to have to wait and think no one heard you right right. and I still hear Vicky in the bedroom talking (laughs) she's still talking that's so great well here's the thing I okay well here's even more let's rewind even a little bit Lynn was in my room and I'm like well maybe she should be waiting out there in case Mark comes to the door and I didn't say anything and then the other thing was I was like maybe we should just text him right now and tell him to text when he gets here wow I mean if there were thought bubbles like if if there were physically thought bubbles like we would be so polluted here in in, in our city right now because that's so much so much it's a Tarantino film wrapped into one minute I know it's crazy time See me, I'm running because yeah. I don't I want him to, I don't want to think we don't hear him. And I hear her talking in the back of my head. I was going, just a minute, just yeah. a minute. I think it's Mark. I think it's Mark. <laughs> Right, you have a conversation with someone where it's almost like holding a door where you're like, you get as far away as you can with still keeping it going. Like, no, I'm listening. I know. I know. Well, I'm it's the you. Midwest goodbye. Have you uh, ever heard it, about that? Yeah. The Midwest goodbye. We say goodbye m- multiple times. Right. So you give everybody a hug. Then you say goodbye. Oh, and okay. then by the time you've done you, all that, you're like, well, I haven't seen you in a minute, so I need to give you, you one more You say goodbye hug. to them. That's what kind of goodbye? A Midwest goodbye. So like they say in the Midwest, first we say goodbye outside like let's say we're on the patio okay guys i love you i'll see you give everyone a hug 
go into the kitchen, get whatever you have to get okay. that you brought or whatnot. Oh, then you give them another hug. You know, people come in, say bye, walk you into the kitchen. Then you finally get all your stuff on, your shoes, your bag, all things. Oh, then you give everybody else oh another hug goodbye. It's a mid, so, it's a thing. Lynn, what's the Irish goodbye again? How does you that go? You don't say anything. <laughs> you, <laughs> you just walk out. You, you ghost. ghost. <laughs> okay. The, the one I heard Irish the other goodbyes. day was you, you smack your hands together twice, and you say. Well, I guess I'm gonna mosey. <laughs> Is so that I guess a that Canadian would be the Western, thing? or that maybe that's the that's, Texan. I think it sounds kind of southern. Yeah, right. I guess it's time to mosey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna mosey on out. <laughs> Seems like a compromise between your uh, uh, extensively long one and your like yeah. drastic one. Which yeah. is why I hate saying goodbye to people mm. because it's ridiculous. I've been practicing the Irish goodbye at work. Because I carry a lot of guilt about leaving for everybody else. And it's like, am I not doing my job? Am I not being the leader? Am I not doing all the things? And so, you're the boss. I know. Be the boss. The boss <laughs> leaves so when I the tell, boss wants to leave. I tell my leave. sister, I'm like, I'm out. And then I just leave now. And I'm, and as I'm walking out, I'm like, you should have said. You should have checked. You should have made sure no one needed it. I'm like, just keep walking. Just keep walking. So funny. It's Yeah. Funny is one word for it. <laughs> Crazy is another. <laughs> right. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're thank welcome. Thank you, Mark. That was good. That was yep. fun. We, I mean, we all kind of like weaved our way into that. <laughs> I was going to say, I know, literally, that was our first thought. <laughs> yeah. First thoughts wrong. So, good job. We've noticed that that's kind of a theme uh-huh. with us, though. There's, yeah. a, there's, there's always the behind the scenes things that are happening right. at the same time. It's kind of fun. Yeah, because we're, we all have very full lives because we're in recovery. That's right. That's right. Big, it's a beautiful juicy, gift. messy lives. Right. Speaking of which, I got it for the win. Okay. Uh-oh. So, a couple of weeks ago, I was in a car accident and I totaled my car. Hmm. And um, it was the stormtrooper goes down. It went down. So not that that ever happens at a good time, but it was a really crazy week. So I had, um, I was on my way to an off-premise catering thing that day, and then I had a big event at work on Thursday, and then Saturday I was doing a cooking demo at Chicago Botanical Gardens on Saturday, and Friday was my sober anniversary. There was a lot going on that week, right? Wow. And I had to deal with. Uh, finding a car or just dealing with the paperwork, you know, the claims, all that stuff first, uh, getting a rental, figuring out how I'm going to get to and from. I went to the hospital to make sure I was okay because I was banged up a little bit. And um, went to work the next day on Wednesday because that was the day of the event, the day after the car accident. And I had to go to the place where they towed my car to get the last of my belongings out of it before I could go to work because the insurance company was coming to pick it up and I wouldn't get all my stuff. So I had to text work, and it was a staff meeting. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be late because I totaled my car yesterday. <laughs> you know, not, not to be dramatic, but that's what's right. really happening. So someone asked me, maybe my sister, maybe a friend, I don't remember. They said, so what are you going to do? I said, I am only doing what I need to do next. Mm-hmm. And what I realized, it was on Sunday I went to the meeting I always go to on Sunday morning. What I realized was the tools that I'd learned in this program when I first got sober about don't worry about the big picture, just what do I need to do next, that was what got me through that week. I couldn't think about Saturday. I couldn't think about Friday. I couldn't think about the next day. What do I need to do next? And I kept on that regime for that week till I got through it. And then on Sunday... I went to my meeting, and I was going to do some other stuff, and I'm like, I think I need to stay home and be quiet. And I sat home, and I grieved, and I cried, and I, I, went, I, let, I allowed myself finally to process all the stuff, all the trauma Caught up. from that, yep. and, and, and I could 
get back to kind of a semi-normal life on Monday. But I would have never known how to do that. I would have been spinning in the anxiety, crazy cyclone and just losing my shit, being Mm -hmm. rude to people, being, you know, just all over the place emotionally. And instead, I kind of have like this calm, like this big calm of like, I just have to worry about what's next. Right, like the acceptance uh, is, you know, sometimes the best medicine. Yep. And it worked. By Mm -hmm. God, these tools that I've learned in this program got me through a real life hurricane. Well, and and here's I talked to you the day after. Mm -hmm. I even I don't know if I talked to you that day, but I texted texted, you. We texted. But when I talked to you, you were almost manic, Mm -hmm. getting through everything. And but you that that's what you said. You and I was worried. (laughs) I'm like, if you need to take a break, take a break. Mm -hmm. And then you said something that just like. I, I knew you were good. You said, I'm just going to do what's right in front of me. I'm just going to do what's right in front of me. Right. And ask for help when I need it. I said, okay, good. Yep. Right. And I did. No, that, I mean, and what you just talked on, that is a huge win because I was talking with um, a member the other day who was reaching out and they were saying pretty much like, I can't do this forever. You know, I, 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 I can't stay sober the rest of my life. And I said, who, why in the hell are we talking about the rest of your life? I said, you know, why are we even talking about this year? You know, I mean, like, I, I we will consume if we eat three meals a day, and I'm not good at math, but roughly 1,000-something meals. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about how I can consume all those this year. I'm not thinking about where they're going to come from. I'm not thinking about, number one, it's ridiculous. It's, it's absurd and impossible for me to consume all those at one time. So, like you talked about, the idea of, like, which one is next? What is in front of me? Right. You know, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And it helps in so many different areas of life, right? Mm-hmm. right? It helps during messed up accidents and yeah. that also helps in work. That's the first place I saw this right. program working in my life was when I was working. And it was, I just did the next phone call. I just mm-hmm. did the next thing. I just did what right. was right in front of me. And it was smooth and it was so bizarre right. because... I'm listening to this book, actually, The Body Keeps the Score by Gabor Mate right Mm -hmm. now. And what he was saying was that when we become addicted to stress, okay, so our body becomes addicted to those cortisol and Mm -hmm. we don't know what to do when we're not, right? So when I first got sober, I did not know what to do, period. And doing the next thing in front of me, and, and sometimes I had to be told that. Sometimes I would call my sponsor and say, I don't know what to do right now. I'm freaking out. Mm-hmm. And she would say, do, what, so what's on your plate? And, you know, she would just... Yeah, clean out the drawer in the kitchen. Yeah, pull me through. <laughs> and that's the we part that really... Right. You know, uh, we had a sponsee line meeting here on Sunday. And the we part that I learned was... Each of us have way different time, like different amounts of time. Mm -hmm. And the person that had the most time was talking about how she's dealing with a stressor in her life, right? And it was pretty powerful because the, the idea of what you're talking about, it's always there. And we all have time in this program and think about our thoughts that we just had this very morning before you were coming in, (laughs) right? So if you put something that has some weight to it, 
I mean, that didn't have a whole lot of weight. No. That was a very simplistic right. situation. Mm-hmm. You add a little bit of weight to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why they say it's a thinking disease. Right. That's why they say we only need to focus on what's going on right now. And And when I do that, I'm in a much better place. When I start to get into, oh, gosh, when are you going to get married? When are you doing this? When are you... Uh, Right. Does not compute. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, I create more mess. You threw way too much uh, data into the yes. computer at the same time. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. like one computation at a time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you said anniversary. What? What's the uh, year? Ooh-wee. Yeah, it was on Friday, sixth, sixth year. You know what they say about the sixth, Lynn? No. What? No, they say that's the hardest. I thought it was five. That's what they tell you when you get I five. thought it was seven. <laughs> and that's what they tell you when you get seven. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> that joke is so ridiculous. <laughs> you know, like, way to give hope, right? You're yeah, like, yeah, right. congratulations. <laughs> this is going to suck. I will tell you, though, on my anniversary morning, I did get up, got my ass out of bed early, which is not my favorite thing to do. And I went to a meeting in Evanston, uh, a gentleman that I work with, um, I like that meeting a lot, and I've been several times. And he had invited a sponsor, and there was a couple other people there that I know, which was so sweet because, yeah. you know, it was an early meeting, and right. I had to go to work, and I had a bunch of other stuff going on. And I'm so glad that I made myself do yeah. that and and took time to Great reflect start. on how special it is, even totally. with all the chaos that was going on that week, taking time to reflect and be thankful and grateful right. for what I had. Well, it's a reminder it's not about you either. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I, I remember, you know, a sponsor not too long ago was like, uh, this is my fifth time getting a 30 or a 60 or a 90, and mm-hmm. I don't want to do that anymore. And I said, who asked you? Like, like, yeah, I mean, you should you should take value in it, but this is not really about you. It's about the person with one day yep. hearing you get a 30-day yep. and getting hope from that. And trying again because right. that's part of your story right. that's going to help somebody else. Right. And so many people get caught up in that. Mm-hmm. Uh to the distress of their recovery, mm-hmm. right? right? That can really uh, put you in a spin, mm-hmm. big time. Oh yeah, I don't. T- I don't need much to be put in a spin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, year five did really suck, though. <laughs> All I need is a door buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> so what rhymes with banana rama again? <laughs> Trauma drama is our yeah 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 we're gonna talk about some trauma and of course I have a definition um, defining trauma trauma is a pervasive problem it results from exposure to an incident or series of events that are emotionally disturbing or life threatening with lasting adverse effects on the individual's functioning and mental physical social emotional and or spiritual well being boy that's a lot yeah yeah. Yeah, and and I like uh, I read this a while back when I was doing some healing, and um, a lot of therapists will refer to a big T and a little T, right? And it doesn't diminish the lifelong effects that that has on a person, whether the big T being like sexual assault mm-hmm. or attempted murder, you know, like the right. big right. that are more physically um, invasive, I guess, than emotional. But even emotional trauma can have some big T's. It doesn't matter what your tea is. Your right. tea can sit with you and stay with you, and it will also kind of guide the way you're going to navigate your life. Right. I know that I as I still use my five-year-old defenses a lot right. in, in navigation. Well, there can't be like a clear-cut book of what what is required to be considered a big T or a little T, right? Because 
you know, a big T could be one of those physical things you talked about. Mm-hmm. Or big T could be, um, you know, uh, a girlfriend, break, my first, you know, love of my life breaking up with me. Uh, it might seem, you know, uh, like very small T to someone else. Right. Uh, but it could have been the biggest T of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, and that's what, what's so, um, for me, reassuring when I do go into the rooms and when I was going into the rooms is that, Nobody really, the, the no crosstalk thing was super supportive because nobody came in with, well, be grateful right. for your problems. And they really could have, mm-hmm. right? right? So, it, and it, what it has taught me in this world as I navigate this world today is that my problems are not bigger or littler. They're just what's going on in my head. And when I see someone else having a struggle, I don't judge their struggle. I just have compassion for their healing. Right. <clears throat> Definitely. Um, so the week after my accident, I had an appointment already had scheduled an appointment with my therapist. And she said, let's talk through how you're healing. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good by now. And she goes, well, let's talk about it. So she said, the first couple of days, did you drive? And I'm like, well, yeah, I had to go to work the next day. And she said, how was it? And I said, well, I noticed for two days, every time I heard a car horn, I jumped and like my stomach fell to my feet. Mm -hmm. And it was like this physical and mental flinch that was so powerful. And then that started to fade after two days. I'm still jumpy when I Mm -hmm. hear a car horn. And she said, okay, that's good. So we kind of talked through all these steps. And she said, it seems like you're on the right path to healing from that trauma. But she said, if you're if you're regressing or you feel like something's kind of blocking you, we need to talk about it. And I'm like, I didn't even give that any weight. Like you were talking about things with weight. I'm like, it was a thing. It happens to people all the time. You know, I can't complain. I shouldn't be whiny about this or be dramatic about this. But it's a thing. So it's so funny how, you know, the the those words, don't be whiny, don't be dramatic, mm-hmm. Every it happens to everybody, doesn't mean it still doesn't hurt. And that was right. basically what I heard in school and home and all these places growing up, which is why when I do those things, I feel like it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, why, I don't know, the idea of, and I know it's the motives are usually good, you know, um, you know, yeah. Look at the bright side. Uh, it was such a, yeah. um, you know, um, God has a plan for be you. Great, <laughs> be grateful for that, right? If you, you know, um, I mean, I, I think uh, you know, um, just you know, if you actively smile. I mean, the idea is, I think people are just trying to help. Mm-hmm. But I think the problem with that, when you're in that situation, is what you're kind of doing is unvalidating my feelings. Yep. Um, the same way we can do with um, with grief or loss. Um, what you need to do is uh, you need to get another dog. Or what you need to do is, right, and it's like... What you need to do. Right. Like, no, like, what I need to do is what I'm doing right now. And right. I think that when, um, you know, especially with anyone dealing with uh, trauma, and I hope we, later on we're going to talk about why, especially in, like, the healthcare profession, or that word can be so triggering mm-hmm. it, it, it's that that almost can bring up trauma by using the word trauma so i like the t yeah. word and i'm going to actually yeah. refer to it as that um the, you know the t word meaning sort of um or grief and loss it's like that idea of like we all cope and deal uh, in different ways right. um and how it's not linear and how it's not a, a, there's not a golden rule for it and and how some person might uh it might catch up with them 15 years later mm-hmm. it might come in waves 
it might never happen at all. Um, and so that idea of allowing people to be uh, where they're at and supporting them in what they're doing, I mistake that and I support them in what I think they should be doing. Oh, sure. Right. Because we want what's best, especially people close in our lives. Right. We want what's best for them. So we feel like if we give them suggestions totally. or, or try to see, you know, it could have been this or it could have been that. You're so lucky. It could have been so much worse. Right. And believe me, I'm very grateful. Number one. And you know what I thought of after this accident? Because it was my fault. Um what if I had really hurt that man right. that I hit? Right. It wasn't even about me. It's like, how would I live with myself mm. if I did something? Because I was yeah. impatient and I was in a hurry. That's why this all happened. Yeah. And I had hurt someone. Yeah. Well, you came to that conclusion yourself. Quick. Imagine if I am the one that <laughs> says, well, Lynn, <laughs> you know, you really could have killed someone. Be yeah. great. It's like, shut up, Mark. I know. And then in the meeting, somebody said, yeah, and you didn't have to worry about drinking. That part hadn't even occurred to me okay. that I was in an yeah. accident. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. thank God I'm sober. Right. right. So, yeah. I think sometimes people do that because they can't handle you having feelings. Oh, yeah. yeah. They can't yeah. handle, they can't manage your feelings. And the reason why this has been become very aware to me as a mother, because what's happening is, so I am forward thinking, I am looking ahead at, okay, how are we going to set ourselves up for success when... We go back to school. When Paxson goes back to school, how are we going to set us up for success? And I'm having all these thoughts of what's coming. What are we going to do when this happens? What if he has that tone of voice? Blah, blah, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's my uncomfortableness, and I'm wanting him to enjoy his time back at school, right? Right. The bottom line is I have no... like. He gets to feel his feelings, and if he doesn't, I'm doing him a disservice for not allowing him to trying to fix mm-hmm. and and make it nice for him. And that is so hard to do with everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's really obvious as with your kids, but with everyone, if I'm trying to... Now, I'm not saying we don't cope ahead, right? We don't set up ourselves for situations. Let's say we're going to a work party at a bar, right? We we set ourselves up for success, but I don't get to decide what that other person feels. They get to feel their feelings. Mm-hmm. And my feelings that he's rejecting me because he's shutting the door because he's stressed about going back to school don't matter in that situation. Right. I get to work on those feelings with y'all mm-hmm. at my meeting with my sponsor, Right, that's not his job to worry about me feeling upset. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking with someone the other day, and we were talking about how we always have the best advice to give other people. (laughs) Right. I mean, we're we're experts. I mean, I'm I'm a relationship expert. Never been in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, um, you know, this idea of um, like picture ants. I almost said aunts. Picture ants, right? And, and ants are carrying little ants, on right? the little floor. ants are carrying food, right? They're yeah. all they're all workers. Ants are marching one by one, right? Away. But imagine, like, and this reminds me of me, right? Is like I'm not carrying food because I'm telling the other ants how they should be carrying food correctly, and all of the ants are telling each other how to correctly carry food. No one's carrying food. It's like that can happen, especially like. You know, when we talk about uh, alcoholism being a family disease, Mm -hmm. that's that dynamic of seven people in our circle that are all so hyper-focused on the other person that it just is like it's, of course, that's why it's described as insanity. It's like 
no one's taking responsibility for themselves. Everyone's trying to fix someone else other than themselves, and that's the only person they actually have some sort of opportunity to mm-hmm. help is themselves. Well, and in that, it reminds me of being in a restaurant. So I was a waitress, and whenever the coffee would run out, I specifically know the coffee machine, someone would go to get more coffee, and they would be like, who did this? Who did this? They would ask all the servers who didn't start the new coffee when they could have started the new coffee, (laughs) but they're so mad about someone else not doing it. So it's like, why don't we, especially when we're in chaos, why is it that we have to find who did it? Yeah. To blame. And, I mean, that happened in my home a lot growing up. And, and I'm always thinking, why do we care? It's already done. We're dealing with what we're dealing with in front of us right, right. this second. And that's all we can be in. However, it is hard to change that habit. And that is a habit. It's interesting you say that because that has happened a lot. That's been kind of a uh, pattern with the people that work for me. And something's not right. Either it didn't get done or it's done incorrectly, you know, whatever the thing is. And I'm like, I, I always do a poll. It's like I, I'm the investigator. I'm like, what happened with this? How did you do this? And I go, and every single employee will always go, well, so-and-so did so-and-so. I'm like, listen, this is not about blame. This is trying to figure out what happened so next time we can do it better. Right. And I say that every time. I'm right. like, I don't worry. I'm not worried about who did it. Let's figure out what happened so next time we right. do better. And it's been the hardest thing to break, like the hardest thing to break. Because it's not about pointing fingers. It's like this is a thing that can be done better or it's not being done correctly at all, whatever the situation. Let's figure out the root cause and then fix it. Well, it's a a misuse of energy, Mm. right? Like that there is a lot of energy that goes into blame and... And, uh, you know, and, and that idea. Deflection. Right. And yeah. And well, like, and it triggers people. So yes. for me, it's a big trigger when yeah. they when the blame comes out. Right. It's and some person could be they don't even think they're yelling, but I hear it as right. yelling. Mm-hmm. And then I go into this right. fear mode and then I'm dropping drinks and, and ringing in things wrong because my head is yep. in this place of screwing of, up. Yeah, I screwed up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this reminds me of a conversation I had with a friend and she lost somebody in her life. And we were together at a meeting and someone started crying and someone instantly handed that person the Kleenex box. Mm. And we left and we had coffee after. She's like, don't ever give someone a Kleenex when they're crying. And I said, why? She says, because you're interrupting their grief. You're interrupting their feeling. We are always trying to make someone feel better when they're crying. And it and it makes you come out of that moment and it's so powerful to yep. me that I never even thought about that because we are so uncomfortable seeing someone hurt. Or we want to help. Well, exactly. But you can't help when someone loses somebody. Right. You get to be there and listen and hold the bucket or whatever. But th- that knowledge, I mean, basically when someone's telling me, oh, don't cry, it, it's, it feels like I have to push my feelings down. Like, that's why I don't cry because... I'm embarrassed because it's such a, I mean, we all do it. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us does it. It's, it's like this polite gentlemanly, whatever thing to do. But ever since she told me that I notice it now. And I want to say at the beginning of a meeting, and if anyone starts crying, don't interrupt their (laughs) thought with a Kleenex box, please. Wait till the end. (laughs) I just, I mean, wow. You just took me back to, um, I was trying to kind of, once we decided on the topic, like, okay, let's, 
dig into the Mark files and like find out where my T word has, you know, been in my life. And there's been a few incidents, but the one I distinctly remember was, you know, losing my dad to overdose. And I remember, um, you know, you're, it's such a mess, right? That like, there is no like right or wrong way to handle it. Um, you know, everybody's just trying to do the best they can. And I remember, um, you know, just like, you know, scream crying and then kind of falling asleep again. And, and a very close friend of mine said, um, it's going to get better, you know? And I said, what, what the fuck does that have to do with right now? And, and when I think about those words, I said, it's true. Like, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, no shit. I mean, you know, maybe it will. I mean, of course the odds are it's going to, but that doesn't make me feel better right now. It's not better right now. Like, it's really, 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 really bad right now. And allowing someone to, and that's that safety thing, right? The same thing we talked about with suicide prevention or with that saying the term, I don't want to live anymore and running away from that or telling them, no, 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 don't say that. You know, it'll be okay. It's, it's robbing them. The tissue box is robbing them Mm-hmm. of their experience mm-hmm. and, and and because it's uncomfortable for everyone <laughs> but yep. it's necessary you know? yeah that's what like disrupting a circuit you know because right. electricity works in, on right. a circuit and if you stick something in there you stop that circuit so you stop the flow and I've often thought that when I have been handed Kleenex when I'm crying I'm like oh I gotta stop and acknowledge right. you, their your thoughtfulness thought process changes. Yeah, and it changes everything and, mm-hmm. and I've always gone wish you had done that. Well, it's the lack of uh, ability to manage somebody else's pain. And it's not what what I'm getting from this conversation and what I'm learning in this moment is it's not my job to make your pain better. Mm -hmm. It's my job to hold your hand while you're going through the pain or step away, whatever you need, right? I can just love and give love or not give love. I mean, really, it's up to you to experience your experience. And I guess this habit that we all have of of being kind and compassionate doesn't mean... Me being kind and compassionate means letting you ugly cry. Right. Mm -hmm. Ugly fucking cry it out, man. Acceptance in action form. Yeah. Not just the idea of acceptance, not just the uh, phrasing, but actually inaction is saying... I, I'm I'm with you however you are right now, whatever right. that looks like. Yeah. As and long as you there. need to. Yeah. And and I will and I've told Vicky this before, but it was a couple of years ago when something was going on in my life and when Vicky you called me and you said, How can I support you? Mm-hmm. Not what can I do to make right. it better or what can I because when I hear what can I do, what can I do to make this right. better? She just said, what can I do to support you? And then I have to be thoughtful for a minute and go, oh, what do I need? What do I need to ask for? Right, because sometimes it's alone time. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just come over and sit with me and watch something dumb on the TV. Sometimes it's let's go for a ride. Sometimes it's take me to a meet. Mm -hmm. It could be anything. But, well, and what it's taught me that practice has taught me is to ask for what I need when I need it. And I even do that in non-traumatic situations now. Now I'm doing it just in self-care. Now I'm doing it. Asking for what I need has been the biggest shift. And I think it is because of this trauma work, because we did this episode, we chose this, Mark sent us this list of (laughs) awesome brainstorming ideas. Uh And I have been going through a lot of trauma work. I've been doing it with my therapist. I've been doing it with my, um, my other community 
I've been doing it with my sponsor. I've put in a lot of time into the little Vicky. Yeah. And and even teen Vicky and 22-year-old Vicky that wanted to jump out of the high-rise I lived in, but you couldn't even open the windows, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, just that all those times of pain, and I've been forgiving that Vicky, okay? I've been forgiving. I've been doing all kinds of different things. But what has occurred to me lately, because I've been asking for what I need without guilt, mm-hmm. this is new. Yeah. This is new. Mm-hmm. And Even with Ken, even with my boyfriend, because sometimes I feel because we don't get to see did each you other say that boyfriend? much. Oh, you my fiance! I oh, gotta get used we to that. We got news. Oh yeah, we didn't. Oh crap! Yeah. Well, <laughs> let me, sorry. Let me, Spoiler let me, alert! <laughs> I blew it. <laughs> let me finish this thought sorry. because okay, so if I'm I, I've worked on my trauma and I've worked on all this other stuff. I mean, I'm a personal development coach. I'm a transformational leadership coach. I'm an emotional intelligence coach. I'm all those things. I've worked on it. I have it all in my head, right? right? But I've been doing this somatic work. So somatic is in your body. And I've been, along with this trauma healing and therapy, I feel like I've been catapulted to a level of understanding of all this other stuff in my body today. And I feel so much freer. Mm. And I just want to continue to do it, Mm -hmm. right? So it's, it's... it's really, I mean, sometimes I just dance. Sometimes that's my healing, right. yep. just dancing. Sometimes it's just putting my hand on my body. Breathing. Right, doing right. yoga. I mean... Mm-hmm. Tapping, any of those. Yeah, it's, it's grounding tapping. and it's also yep. the, the trifecta, right? You're yeah. practicing the mental, physical, and spiritual, spiritual all at the same time. Yeah. Yep. Right. So, I mean, and, and the judgment of myself is really diminishing, and that is, I'm like getting worked up. I mean, it's, I didn't even used to be able to cry for the first six years of my recovery. I could not cry. And so what, this is year 13. <laughs> and finally, I'm, I mean, you know, when I say at the beginning of my story a lot lately, it's, uh, I feel like my recovery has been like untwisting a ball of jewelry, right? You have all these things tangled up and all these like beautiful things. And I've just been untwisting and un- and this work has just, all of it together has been so powerful, but I would have never been able to do it if I didn't have that whole concept of what you talked about earlier, mm-hmm. the next right thing. The right. next thing that's good for my recovery. Yeah. It doesn't matter what somebody else is doing. It doesn't matter. It's being really clear on what do I need right now? Does this serve me right, right. now? And also checking my motives. That's why sponsorship and friends are there because sometimes I can get caught in that cycle of trauma, drama, right? Mm -hmm. And my sponsor needs to say, okay, what can you do? What, you know, what will serve you in getting out of, that's why having people, that's why the we is so important to the me in this situation because it is so different for everybody, but other people see things that I can't see. Right, yep. Um, first, may I extend my apologies for handing you a Kleenex box in the middle of your thing and interrupting about yeah. Ken? Yeah. Oh. Well, I was going to say, and that, that was my bad, because I just like was like, correction, on the air, breaking the like literal deep, deepest of thoughts. Yeah, so and, that and was from, my bad also. And I kind of like that now we have code word Kleenex box. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, yes, so everybody... What, rhy- like, what rhymes with Beyonce? Uh, Beyonce. Uh, Do we have a new one? <laughs> yeah, we, um, on my birthday, uh, my lovely Ken, boyfriend, extraordinaire, amazing man that I love so much, my bestie, uh, asked me to marry him. Oh, we're so happy. Yes. I love the Beautiful ring. Beautiful ring. I love the man. It, it's I love, uh, gorgeous. It's absolutely exactly right for you. Yeah. And when I yep. saw it, I'm like, dang, Ken, you yep. did good. Yeah, he he was been working on it since February. I had no idea. Yeah. So it was very um, much of a surprise. But the funny part was we got back from dinner. You would think he would have done it at dinner, but nope. And we wait, and then we even went and had ice cream. Still no. We came back here. He had to send an email out. I changed, took off all my makeup, put my jammies on, was sitting down watching Big Brother reruns with my daughter. (laughs) And he's like, don't you want your birthday present? (laughs) 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 So, you know, it was just me, all of me, like Mm -hmm. open. Yeah, Yeah, so it was pretty cool. As real as it gets, right? None of the the, uh, extra. That um, contrived crazy can be a lot. And it's, I mean, it, it pretty much just encapsulates, I think, your relationship. Yeah, yes. well, that's Real, one thing authentic. that yeah we totally can be ourselves around each other, yeah. and that's only for me because of this program. Mm. Yeah, I I mean I was while both of you were talking, I just kept thinking about intuitively knowing how how to handle situations, mm-hmm. which used to baffle me. And I think I even said that in the meeting when I was talking about you know I just need to do what's next. Um, I don't know how I would have handled this five, even five years ago when I was first year sober. I, yeah. It would have been a disaster. I know that. And I would have been a mess and I would have been, I need more Lexapro. I need this. I need, you know, uh, what can I do to numb this? Because I don't know how to deal with it. Even knowing intuitively that I needed Sunday to just be, yep. to sit with those emotions. Again, I didn't question. I'm like, oh, I just need to do this. Yep. Wow. And it's because of these tools. How do you? How do right? How do we go from trauma mm-hmm. to like one of the like greatest events of your life? Yeah. And I, I think I figured it out. So there's, think about a traumatic event or a significant event. Like, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, obviously, there are some stark differences, but there are these deep. Uh, personal impressions that are put on us and the good ones right the good ones are we you know it's like uh you know it's like the souvenir from disneyland well you're right? flying high right yeah. well yeah. it's something you don't ever want to forget yeah now something traumatic you want to forget you want to forget it right and and but yet um it's that idea of like i mean i think um i don't know for me i, I like this is what program allows us to do is that how can i take something that was so traumatic and I thought it was to get rid of it, right? And that's where drugs and alcohol or that's mm-hmm. where um, running as fast as I could so it never caught up with me um, and and go figure that the idea is that actually in recovery, you know, we've talked about this, that I can turn a traumatic event. Um, I don't change that event, but I change the person yep. that was in the event. Yep. And right, And so events can change us and the beauty is in recovery, we can change events. Right. By the acceptance and action. Right. Yep. Right. Totally. Yeah. And there lies the empowerment. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, I think for me anyway, um, 
it was always about control. You know, that was what I right. needed to do because my life was so unmanageable. It's like I would find anything I could to control. What I didn't realize was all I had to do was empower myself, love myself, and that was all the control I needed. Right. Control the things you can. <laughs> Like, yeah, you know, like, okay. oh, the things you can. Yeah, huh. Wow, where have I heard that? Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is good. And we're going to add a link because I think we're we're getting to the mm-hmm. end. But the, um, I, my lady, Nicole Neuroscience, that I follow on Instagram, she just had a post about triggers mm. that are usually traumatically installed yeah. um, and how we deal with those and how you lessen their their um, effect on you by responding instead of reacting. So we're right. going to put that link on cool. there because there's really cool. good stuff in there. Well, what were your golden nuggets? Um, I had not my job to make someone else's pain go away and then acceptance and action form and empowerment. And I think you find empowerment so many ways, but one of the biggest ones, Vicki, you said it, I found empowerment by asking for help because that made me identify what I needed. And when I can identify what I need, I'm empowered over my destiny. And uh, I'm going to go next because I, there's this thing on telling on ourselves is will we write notes during the talk so that we have gold nuggets. And I saw me and Vicky write at the exact same time twice, and I was like, damn it, she's stealing <laughs> she's my golden mine. nuggets. So um, I'm going to go first to steal her golden nugget, which was um, <laughs> was when Lynn talked about what what do I need to do next? Like mm-hmm. what, what what's in front of me, right? Um, the other thing was I like – um, you know, the idea of the, the T word, uh, it's not to, um, not to change it. It's just to, um, I guess maybe it makes it a little more broad, a mm-hmm. little more roomy in that. Right. Um, and then, uh, acceptance and action form. And then most importantly, you, you guys help me realize what support really is, which is, um, not helping us out of problems, right. but helping us through them. Ooh, that's juicy. That's so good and so important. And I'm so grateful that I'm learning this and and that I'm willing to see. uh, Because a lot of times when I behave in ways like giving someone a Kleenex, I think because my intentions are good, I am doing the right thing. When in actuality, at least today, I'm willing to look at, oh, well, that might not be so cool, right? right. right? And, and maybe I can change my behavior because I'm not comfortable. I think um, unvalidating someone's feelings is one of my golden nuggets, is that fact that I didn't realize that for so long, that mm-hmm. by being supportive, I was really not being supportive. And the other thing I love is mic drop acceptance and action, mm-hmm. right? Accepting my feelings, accepting the other person's feelings, accepting that, and this is goes back to that dialectical behavioral therapy that two things can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. I can be in massive pain and I can still be okay fundamentally yeah. and that I'm not wrong. That You know, the judgment coming out of it is where the, the gift of recovery really comes into my life. Oh, this is good, y'all. Good stuff. Thank you. And I didn't laugh the whole episode. I noticed. Yes. Damn yes. it, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you all so much. Because you love us so much. That's why we keep him waiting. Right. <laughs> oh, and we need to put a picture up of uh, both our T-shirts that we got because we're both uh, July babies. Mark got us really cool, cool sweet T-shirts. So. And I've gotten a really awesome plaque that's in my room. I should bring it out. I'll take a picture of it. Cool. Awesome.
All right. Love Try you guys. Thank you. Peace.